Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Travis Scott, and with me, as always, is the wonderful Ben Slinger. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show. What are we playing first, Ben? What are we playing first? I think let's jump into some click picture, as we have been doing of late. This is a game where we take a random stock photo from a list of weird stock photos and Trevor's going to paste it into our Discord so we can both see it. I will describe it to you, or we will describe it to you, and uh, we will make a game design out of it, as strange as that sounds. A video game. You know those things. They come in very handy. Video James. During pandemics. Okay, here we go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we have a psychic cat, I will assume, because this is a a... Cat, white cat, yellow eyes, three of them. One in the centre of its forehead. Has managed to open his third eye. This cat has opened its third eye. Uh, and seeing something interesting, because it has a sort of a very surprised or-, or Quizzical look on its mm-hmm, face. Quizzical, that's a good word for it. <clears throat> it is the adjective of choice. <laughs> so, I am liking a game about psychic cats- uh, have you Fuck seen, yeah. do you see that trailer for that, like, um, cyberpunky sort of game where you play a cat that's coming out? No, I saw the trailer for Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> there are a bunch of cyberpunky games like that aesthetic coming out. But anyway, it doesn't matter. I just thought it reminded me of it. But okay. Is, is this a game then where you play a psychic cat? Are you, or, or are you living in a world full of psychic cats trying to navigate that, which would be- Yeah, I, I like the idea of living in a world with psychic cats, because we have gone to a, to a world with psychic connections to cats before. I don't recall that. You don't recall that. It's where each, um, each person could only have one cat. Oh, yes. Okay. I do remember that. Yeah. Because they've, they've linked to them. Um, so, I do like the idea of, again, playing a character in a world like this where there are psychic cats- cats but maybe this particular psychic cat is is special okay this is like is this the first cat to become psychic yes this is like the origin this is the beginning when finally this cat has opened its third eye and starts communicating with humans telepathically so is this a good cat or is this an evil cat well there are no good cats that's just fact it's a myth. Mm-hmm. It's a myth that there is there is a good cat in the world. Yeah, in the true sort of sense of good good versus evil, there are no good cats. Uh, they're all at least chaotic neutral at best. Yeah, I get I get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess it's how far between neutral and evil this cat is is the question we're asking. Uh, and and maybe it starts relatively neutral and moves towards evil. Okay, so is this like a Planet of the Apes sort of thing where the cats are now trying to rise up and kill all the humans and therefore you're on the run from the psychic cat sort of thing? Yes. Sorry, I was trying to work, figure out a way to work in Hamilton because you said rise <laughs> up and- <laughs> It's a shame because Ben has finally seen Hamilton and listened to the, listened to the soundtrack. everyone in the world who hadn't previously seen it. Yeah. Thanks to Disney Plus. So maybe this is sort of a that Rick and Morty episode sort of thing as well with the dogs and Snowball. 
Yeah. But it's a cat situation. I don't think, I don't know that we necessarily go with like the full on mechs. I think maybe they're just, do they learn to like levitate and, and, and kind of move themselves around telekinetically? Oh, yeah. They, they, they don't use legs anymore. They, they use the power of their minds. Oh, I love the idea that well, to, this particular one around, does. To get around, they pick themselves up by the scruff of their neck. <laughs> <laughs> so you just kind of get that like droopy look of these cats sort of, <laughs> sort of floating around from place to place really not very gracefully. <laughs> but that's the only way they know how. It's the only way they figured it out. They're still early mm-hmm. on, you know, in their in their telepathic kind of growth, uh, their rise to power. Yeah. All right. So from a gameplay point of view, I could almost picture this as a bit of an arcadey or like an action kind of game then where you do have all these fucking floating teleporty cats uh, that you have to get past. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm imagining that the second this this um, cat became sort of self-aware and, you know, could was actually psychic, he immediately created some sort of- um, some sort of like wave or something that opened all the cats in the world's third eye. Absolutely. Like basically, yeah, linked up all the cats in the world, uh, or at least in the region. Well, yep. like you said, a wave. They, they, he connected to the nearest, you know, all the cats within a certain realm and then they connected and it sort of bubbled all out. All the cats there. that were asleep at the time, which is the majority of them. Uh huh. Okay. Um, cause I, cause I think. Because they sleep like eighteen hours a day. Um, it's when their normal eyes are closed that their third eye opens. In this case, you know, it's obviously surprised that <laughs> this one has opened all the way. I'm th- I'm seeing this almost like a the second that you said all the cats becoming sort of evil. I immediately I immediately pictured like the old Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game mm. where you're having to like beat the shit out of these cats. Okay, I could go with the with a brawler. Yeah. Um. So let's talk enemy types in that case then, because it can't just all be floating cats. Uh. I think. How are they? I think the first. I think the first level is so so much so a a floating cat level. Um. You know they're they're getting more powerful as you go down go down the list. The first ones are only trying to scratch you and and you know bite you. Um. The next ones are, you know, fully floating and trying to attack your face. Then the ones after that are, are trying to, um, like, telekinetically pick up, like, tables and shit and throw them at you. I wonder if and there's then- a bit more of a, while keeping in a brawler, instead of instead of exactly along those lines of those old arcadey ones, making it a bit more where, like, the, the cats are throwing stuff at you and you have to sort of- it's more about making the right dodge, dodge moves to get close and get that attack in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sort of thinking, have you played Katana Zero yet? Uh, no. Okay. It's along those sorts of lines. That's a very, very much a precision platformer in that. That's a platformer, but where it's sort of like okay, a jump over here, reflect something back, jump over there. You can cut, you've, you can slow down time for a limited amount of time. Uh, Sounds almost like a, a Dark Souls of the platforming genre. Not quite. It's all about getting through one section. And if you fail, you just like rewind back. But yeah, in this case, I'm sort of thinking, okay, take that standard, you know, Tennisman Ninja Turtles view, but it's, you know, you've got sort of a split second to 
all right, move further into the background or closer to the closer to the front foreground or whatever to dodge the things that are being thrown and sort of moving close to get those attacks into the cat. Yep. All the while having to having to deal with, you know, a cat knocking shit down from up above. Um. <laughs> As they do. Yeah. Well, exactly. You, you've just got cats, like, knocking shit at you. Um, continually. Continually. <laughs> sometimes with their paws, sometimes with their t- telekinetic paws. <laughs> you see, like, Green Lantern style, like, a big paw come out. Yeah, and just totally. It's just, like, knock. Bunk. Give a little pad. first. And then later on, you you see, like, the telekinetic claws sort of puppeteering um, people coming towards you and shit. Uh, like- there you go. See, once yeah, once their powers grow, they start, like, controlling other people, and that's where your other enemies come into yeah. it. So, uh, all the way through, you know, you're sort of building up on em- enemies. that You still have the occasional cat fodder. Um, and I think, you know, pretty much your MacGuffin in the game is catnip. That's what you're looking for. That's um, what you- Okay. Because that's going to put them to sleep eventually. Like, they'll- y- Yeah, you basically- You may have to deal with them going hyper for a little bit, mm-hmm. but then they're going to- Going to, like, pass out because they're high on cocaine or catnip or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and then you, you know, cut their heads off. Is that how we deal with it? It's just a slaughter. <laughs> I mean, it's what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do. I mean- <laughs> I don't really like this episode ending, this this game ending on cat slaughter, but anyway. <laughs> it is. So. <laughs> they, like you said, got to do what you got to do. All right. What, what sort of moves do you have? Um, are, are you like a typical sort of action hero that you know all the moves or are you more of- a guy who's been to, like, a martial arts studio, like, once or twice and believes that he knows everything, but then really doesn't? I mean, from a gameplay point of view, having shit moves is probably not all that fun. But mm-hmm. from a comedy point of view, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you just kind of ineffectually- that, That's your hard mode. <laughs> the harder the, harder yeah, the mode, just, the, the less skill that you have. You start with a different character <laughs> and they're just, like, some schmutz. Who's who's been sitting on the couch for the last three years? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> easy mode is the black belt. <laughs> Hard mode is the white. Yeah, there we go. There you go. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can't really think of anything else. So yeah, I think let's move on from that. The the copious amounts of cat murder. Yes. Yeah, let's move along from copious amounts of cat murder. So next we're going to play a game called Click Pitch and this is this is you know similar game uh but instead of a stock photo we have a random phrase generator in front of us and on the count of 3 2 1 click we're each going to get an adjective and a noun and uh we're going to jam them together into a freshly baked game design so here we go 3 2 1 click copious Cat slaughter. Fuck off. <laughs> I thought you actually, I wanted to go I first. I thought you actually had copious then, and then that was a. I mean, if manslaughter is one word, I guess cat slaughter could be. Oh shit! I had to say it. All right. Okay. You go. Interim thirteen. Female lobby. 
Yes, I don't know how female is an adjective, but anyway. (laughs) Well, no, I mean, it's Mm. a describing word of sorts. Okay. Uh, I mean, lobby in that context made me think of, like, lobbyists of some sort or, like, someone, you know, in in politics pushing pushing for their company or, or industry. Is the, yep. is the interim 13, is this like an organization or a group who, like, something's happened and there are 13 people who are See, in I, control or who as are- As soon as you said 13, what came into my mind was, um, like, that superstition of floor 13, that a lot of buildings would actually skip floor, to floor uh, 13. Okay, so lobby because then, of- in that case, is the lobby of the building. Yeah, and the mysterious goings-on- on floor thirteen. Okay. Um, I also a started thinking, coven yeah, whose offices are on floor thirteen of this building. Yeah, and you are working there, or trying to uncover it, or yeah, managing um, the building, <laughs> dealing with their shit. I kind of like the idea of, of maybe being the security guard and having to direct like the weird blood-soaked packages that keep on coming in to floor 13 and just the the other things that you got to sort of do as a- may, maybe it's not even a security <laughs> guard, but like a mail clerk sort of thing, that you're dealing with weird shit like that keeps on coming to floor 13. The weird thing is you've never been able to go to floor 13 because none of the lifts go there. So, are we talking this is- a, are, we, are we saying this is a bit of a slow burn- Situation where it starts off as a papers please esque. You work in the mail room or as the concierge, and you're like redirecting mail correctly, fixing errors with it. But very quickly, you start noticing these strange things coming through for floor thirteen. Yeah, of which when you look on your wall and you see all the pigeonholes, there's nothing there for floor thirteen. Like, yeah, it doesn't exist. Um, when when you go to the elevator during one of the like maybe you're going off for your, for your lunch break or whatever, and well, yeah, I kind of like see- the idea that you've got different, you know, different stations in that way. Like you can, you know, you, you treat it as one of these sort of job-based games where it's like, okay, you've got between nine and five, like, or whatever your shift is, or maybe you work the late shift. You know, maybe you work the, or maybe later on you get on the graveyard maybe shift. Later on, <laughs> maybe later on you get onto the graveyard shift. But I think initially you work the day shift, but you're seeing the mail come in. You know, part of your job is, I think you are some sort of concierge slash. Security, like it's not a huge building necessarily where they'd have different jobs for all those. You're sort of just a general, yeah, you know, general uh, dog's body that you yeah. you go and and so you can do things like oh, you have to sometimes mo- like check out the security cameras because someone wants to get in and like you have to see who's there or like there's an alert on a particular floor and so it's like okay, switch the cameras to floor you know 27. Oh, like there's shit going down, you know, send security up or whatever. And so you've got different things you can do. Um, Oh, I love the. I just love the visual of your. You're looking at the monitor on floor 27, and just off to the side, if you happen to have a look over there, like you see like a, a ritual sacrifice or something happening on floor 13, and then it cuts to it cuts to another scene. <laughs> like it's sort of just weird shit going on. And yeah, you think, oh my god, is, if you happen to see it early on. Okay, well, I like this because I was I was sort of picturing this as a as a bit of a retro style because. Uh, a retro pixel style because often those papers please games are, but this could be a bit more of just like a 3D, you know, first person view sort of thing where you can move between, oh, okay, over here I've got a bank of monitors, over here I've got like the mail desk, over here I've got the actual concierge desk where people come in and like ask questions and things and you have to deal with them. 
um, you know, you'll occasionally hear like the bell ring. It's like, oh shit, there's someone there and you have to drop whatever you're doing because they'll get pissed off if they wait too long or whatever. Yeah. And then, yeah, you can play with stuff like, you know, the, there's something happens on one of the cameras, but it disappears as soon as you turn the, to focus on it or whatever, uh, or try to look towards it. Yeah. It, the, the second it sort of gets into the center of the, of the screen within a, within a certain, certain yeah. distance well, from the center. <laughs> well, I like, I like that it's, you don't have, you know, obviously a, ba- a monitor for every floor. It's cycling through them. And so yeah. you'll occasionally have one of them just very quickly cycle through room 13 and show something weird and then go on to the next one. But it's only if they're not directly looking at it. If they're then directly looking at it, it will never go back to room 13, <laughs> to floor 13. Yeah. So they're just, they're waiting, they're waiting, they're waiting. It never will. <laughs> Second they look away, bang, it comes up again. Yeah, you time it so, like, as they're turning away, it goes back to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be so fun to play with. Uh, <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> okay, I waited here for 20 minutes this time and nothing's happened. I've gone just away and we'll give it, oh, nothing's we'll, happened. All we'll do is give, it, give them an achievement for that. If they stare <laughs> looking at one camera for a certain amount of time. <laughs> um, so, I like the idea that it's not just- um, it's not just witches; it's witches and warlocks that that are actually well. It could be dealing it could, with this it could thing. be all manner of of kind of magical fuckery. Um, yeah, um, necromancy I, I do and- like the idea that when you when you finally get to the end and you realise that none of this was actually evil, you know the no, it's just they're running a business up there or something, right? Like it's like curses for hire and you know curse, curses yeah. for money, curses for pay or whatever. Yeah, and. It's just the way that this this thing actually works. That they need to they need to you know go through some of the ceremonies, but it's not bad. Like no one dies. Yeah. It's just they go through a, ce- a ceremony with someone you know attached to a wheel or whatever. And look, they need to do a bit of bloodletting, but they don't need all the blood. <laughs> you keep some of it, and in return, you get you know to hex your fucking evil boss or something. But I kind of like the idea that you actually. Talk to talk to someone, and they go, "Yeah, we've got we've got offices all over the city. We're in every building, and you and you see in every building like there's um this is this is the way that the businesses in the building actually succeed. They're they're basically they like dealing s- with um this magic or whatever that right. brings so you see good that luck to. There's basically an industry around this is you know magical." Curses and and hexes and charms and things. Yeah, <laughs> it's al- it's almost as if, yeah, we found um, that Muggles didn't like it if we were on <laughs> if we were on normal floors. So we we just chose floor thirteen because everyone seems to be <laughs> no, no that one que- well, no one questioned it. That's it. No one questioned it. If you time out the elevator, then there's you know between twelve and fourteen, there's two floors worth of weight, but no one ever notices. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I I like making this, again, sort of as we tend to do, bring it down to the mundane and just kind of, you're going about your job, you're finding this weird shit. Uh, yeah, I like going back and forth between your different sort of areas and, and 
I think you can go to the elevator, like you can maybe go up to different floors and we just like procedurally generate all the different floors or something. You obviously can't get to 13 until the story sort of moves along enough. Maybe yeah. you find a special, you know, the special magic charm or whatever that will make the button like, you know, you, you find the charm and you bring it in there and the button, the buttons shift and move and the 13 appears between the 12 and the 14. Yeah. I'd love if you got another charm. And it put like twelve and a half there. <laughs> it's like just just a, a little bit of um, you know being John Malkovich. Uh, yeah, you find sort of humor or whatever. If the, you take a, the half law, if you take a a copy of uh, fuck, I can't think of anything else he's been in. He's been in everything. Rounders. There you go. <laughs> in there, then that happens. Um, um, so I'm I'm picturing that a courier comes and drops off. Like a package. Yep. And that's why you've got to sort of go up. You know, you, you call up to, to floor um, 37 and they go, oh, no, no, no. We we can't spare anyone. You're going to have to bring it up. And that's when you get in the elevator and you get to see a few people along the way. You get to talk to the person in the elevator because I'm seeing this as a as a one of those sort of buildings that actually has an elevator person. Oh, they've actually got a- Hey, uh, fucking boop, 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 boop. I don't remember the name of the thing, but yeah, uh, Porter something. Yeah, I think that's the right word. Anyway, yeah, and I think operator. it's only during the day that they've got a they've got the elevator operator in there. Yeah, it's just basically to be fancy. Yeah. Um. Well, either that, or you just run into people in the elevator that like yeah, work there true. or something. On the other floors, and you can have a bit of little dialogue trees and stuff. You get up there, and you know you're talking to the CEO of of the of the that particular thing, and goes, "Oh, I could really use a coffee. You mind making me one?" <laughs> and you got to go do like a mini game making coffee, making coffee, <laughs> on the super over overly complicated like espresso machine. <laughs> she goes, "Why are you using that for? We've got a we've got a pod machine just <laughs> over there." <laughs> You've just gone through like you read through the manual and you and you're doing all this stuff and only <laughs> to find out there's a pod machine in game full in game manual. <laughs> one of our one, pro- one of our programmers had a spare week, so he just like programmed in an accurate espresso machine. I, I think he I think he was playing too much. Keep talking, no one explodes, and realized <laughs> oh that could be really quite fun. So we created a full manual that you have to download. You have to download, <laughs> print out. You can't have it on the screen at the same time. <laughs> Kick, kickstart us at the hundred and fifty dollar level. We'll send you a box copy with the nicely published manual. In copy nicely copy published pr- manual. Copy on- protection in the troubleshooting section. <laughs> It's like when you start the game up, it's like, what do you do if you're, a, you know, Express 20, 20, the 20. <laughs> yep. Stop, you know, is um, beeping with these particular sets of beeps. What, what, I'm, what I'm also picturing in this, in this game is all the CEOs of the building uh-huh. are all female. Oh, sure. Just because we got female and yep. because more CEOs should be female women. Yeah. Female women. You know, that that rare breed of female women. Sure. Um, yeah, I like this. I like this. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's just coming to my mind that this is very similar to um, Four Rooms. I don't know that. Have you ever seen that movie? No, I don't think it's so. A, it's a movie that has- um, Oh, shit. Well, Quentin Tarantino did one of the, one of the segments of it. 
You had oh. lots of like different direct like it's, it's like an anthology thing. Yeah, anthology sort of thing, but it's set um in a hotel and it's you've got like Ted the bellboy that has to go between all the rooms and has different things happen. Huh. Um I'm trying to remember who what his name was um that played Tim Roth. Uh, Tim Roth, yep. Um no, I, really I, co- I never saw it, but yeah, that's really cool. really cool film. Um got Madonna in it. It's got um I like anthology stuff. Yeah. It's always a, a fun fun way to to do something and have some things interconnecting while telling different stories. Hey, I just defined anthology. That was a pointless piece of sentence. All right. <laughs> I think- uh, uh, Yes, if, if, you, if you get a chance, give four rooms a go. Um, I think you'll quite enjoy it. But just- I'm, I'm picturing some of the manic stuff that he would have had to do. Yeah. And that our, our um, guy would also have to do. Three, two, one, click. All right. Solar personnel. Pet proclamation. The second I saw solar, mm-hmm. I got this image of sun mining. <laughs> I don't know what sun mining is, but I kind of like it. <laughs> okay. I, I, I will say I like the idea of this being some sort of like sci-fi space-based- Thing, yeah. Um, um, I mean, really, the sun it converts um, what hydrogen into something else. And it, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, it fuses. If it just fuses elements, yeah. basically, um, c- creating energy in the process. Yeah, I, I mean, I think. Yeah. I think in this case, maybe sun mining is just something around. We've put a space station, you know, relatively close to the sun. And it sort of monitors and captures, you know, more efficiently than we could from Earth, the sun's energy. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, maybe, I don't know how it gets it back to Earth. Maybe it just stores it and there's like- it, <laughs> There's just a huge power cord that runs. There's <laughs> a power cord. <laughs> no, I'm thinking there's like a fleet of, of like drone ships going between Earth and this- uh, orbiting space oh, with station batteries. with like huge battery, yeah, like hugely efficient batteries, uh, <laughs> the size of like a double A. <laughs> they they come and put one battery in. <laughs> they take it back. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're the size of a double A, but you you need like ten thousand of them. Yeah, and and one of your jobs is like putting them all back into the slots one at a time. It's just this huge bank of double A batteries. <laughs> it's this huge bank of like rechargeables. <laughs> you've, just got, you've just got power cords, like all ch- daisy chained together, and and like the little. Uh, you know, rechargeable fo- things that fit four double A's are just shoved into all the power cords. And obviously mm-hmm. the, the first power cord is powered by the sun. Like that's the whole point. <laughs> that's the only thing. <laughs> it's the only way we could figure out how to do it. Uh, <laughs> and so your job is to try to fit as many of these. Cause you know, they're always big and chunky. So you can't actually fill all four slots of a power board with, you know, a rechargeable, a battery oh, recharger. No. Uh, so yeah, they're just like and, and if you and if you do that, it can actually overload the sun. Like that's that's just dangerous <laughs> shit. <laughs> we managed to drain the sun 
with three million power boards daisy chained together in a single, like, single. Um, Turns out the power isn't limitless. <laughs> That's the tagline. You thought the sun had unlimited power. We proved you we wrong. We found its limit. <laughs> and then it's just a mundane game about recharging batteries. It's got very good, like, chord physics to, like, plug them in and- No, okay, I think- Okay, so I think this is in between- in between deliveries of- Yep. Of, like, so you're all alone. You've got a- you've got a pet you're- robot. Well, I was going to say, you're- you've got a pet of some kind. Um, you think it's a robotic pet? Is it- Yep. Is it sentient, though, or is this, like- does it act I think like it, I an think animal a- sort of thing? I think it's a- um, as sentient as a dog or a cat is. But does it speak to you or it like, it's just got like beeps and boops. It's like a Star Wars droid or something. Yeah. Like a, like a Star Wars astro droid. Um, and then you've also got like a hell like computer. Um, okay. You know, what you doing, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> sure. I like that. And so is this like a horror game then or is it a comedy game where like where are we going with the tone of it then as things like what's happening here in between I, I think I think it starts off as a comedy game um but it leads into something a little bit serious a little bit more serious when the whole idea about overloading the sun um is basically pushing the sun towards supernova a lot faster than what it what it should have been okay the physics here don't really make sense since we're harnessing Energy the sun already put out, but like it's not like it turns out that there's, there's something more nefarious going okay. on. When they say solar mining, they're actually mining the sun. Right. That that big long extension cord that like goes into the sun that you that they told you not to worry about is actually plugged directly into the core and is draining it directly. Yeah, yeah. something like that. <laughs> or or it's or there's like a huge drill that you've just never you've never looked at. Yeah, you've never looked at. <laughs> Your eyes just like glaze over it every single time. Well, because it's it's towards the sun, and if you look towards the sun, you go blind. And they <laughs> right, right, it's in between you and the sun. Yeah, and you were told never to look at the sun. Okay, yes, Even because the last three the, the last three caretakers all went blind because they looked at the sun. Right, sun gla- like, Why the fuck <laughs> did know, they put windows on this the goggles? Shit? They do nothing. <laughs> Uh, okay, so is this a matter of your kind of- Is this like a walking sim-esque thing where you're just like discovering stuff and, and exploring this base and, you know, events occur and, and you kind of discover stuff or a bit of an adventure game sort of thing or- Yeah, I, I think what's actually happened is is you got bored while you are up here. So, you created, like, this automated program that actually would do a lot of the work that you had to do. Right. And this is before the game actually sort of yeah, starts. Yeah, yeah, And now you're, you're bored out of your mind because you're not actually having to do anything right. now. You've like, got, like, two buttons you have to press every day because, you know, for some reason the interfaces aren't there for you to be able to automate it. Uh, and you haven't been able to teach your pet robot how to press them. So, that's your whole day. And, yeah, the rest of your time, you're just bored shitless. And you've watched all the movies and played all the games and read all the books that you brought on board. And, you, and that's why you're waiting for the next uh, shipment. shipment because it brings more entertainment. Yeah. Either that or you're, like, scheduled to go home finally. Yeah, but I'm also sort of picturing that this is- um, I can't remember what the, what the movie was called. Um, they had something similar where there was a guy on, on like, 
the moon or something like that. And then, um, you know, he was told that this is his last last sort of thing mm. and he was going to go home. And then he finds out halfway through that he's actually a clone I and think that, that they was, were never going to let him go home. I think that was Duncan Jones's moon. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Spoilers. That- <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. Well, the clone, th- the clone thing sort of happens halfway through the film, so. Yeah, that's true, but still. Um, Good film. He also did so- um, Source Code, and I didn't realise until recently he's David Bowie's son. Oh, cool. I really enjoy Source Code. Yeah, that Source was- Code's really good. I like that a lot. Um, okay, so, uh, Walking Sim on, on the Solar Sun Station. Yep. Solar sun station. The solar yeah, sun I'd station. <laughs> the solar sun-powered sun station around Sol, the sun. Earth's yep. only sun star. <laughs> sun star. <laughs> Sol sun star. Um, okay. When- That'd be a good, like, hero's name. Is that the name of our hero? Sol sun star. <laughs> His name's basically okay, so, sun, sun, so sun. Okay, so what breaks down- because I think I think something has to break down. Like this is this is every day he does this, and until finally something happens. What what happens? Well, I guess is it that he is it that he finds out this sort of uh, that, that what they're doing is is damaging, damaging the sun in some way. Like it's going to expand. Like certain measurements just start changing or something, and. You realise an oh, alert because that, is, the fuel that has is, never come up before. That they've been mining the fuel, and so the sun's starting to expand because it's becoming less dense, uh, and it's going to envelop the Earth in thirty-seven days. Oh, is is it when you when you actually find this out? Is it that you've got one guy who's turned up for the delivery? You're dealing with all the AA batteries that you're putting into all the rechargers, and this guy who's who's come isn't in the room with you. He's disappeared. And so you go follow him mm. to ask him a question as to you've, you've brought like a whole heap of triple A's, not double A's. <laughs> These <laughs> they are don't nine fit volts. in this. And then you see that he's actually like tapping into, into a room that you've never, never seen before hooking up a cable to the, to the, um, to yeah. his shuttle. Oh, I like it. I like a scene where the big, like, UV sun visor comes down so that you're not blinded by the sun when you look out the window. And then you just mm-hmm. see this huge, like, mining cable, this huge drill sitting out there that you'd never this seen before. This huge section of the station that you've never seen before. Yeah, and you're just like, basically- what the fuck? We had these visors this whole time. I've just been avoiding <laughs> windows. Why did they make this thing out of mostly glass? It's insane. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I kind of like the idea that you find out- you know, the guy sort of gets away in the shuttle and you're sort of all alone, but you know now that the work well, I, that you've been I doing like is, is actually sort of just busy work. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it's busy. You're basically, it's the excuse for why this thing is even there and that's why it's all these AA batteries because, yes, it charges them, but, like, they could do it- They weigh nothing. They could do it on <laughs> Earth for the same, like, you could effectively yeah. almost charge them just by putting a man in the sun- on Earth, without even a solar <laughs> and, panel, <laughs> and and, and the, these things are basically this is um, they need to have someone there doing doing the work to keep this this station actually up and running. There was a problem in your code 
that I- has actually like stopped the mine from running properly, and it's oh, doing damage to the sun. Okay, you is your fault. You find out it's your fault because of the or your automation yep. code. Yeah, it's actually you're actually too efficient. <laughs> <laughs> You've programmed your and- pet robot to like just go along and do all the replacements, and it's too efficient, and it's. It's meaning that, yeah, like, the power to the drill is overloaded and it's taking matter too fast. It's like a teleportation drill or something that, like, transports, you know, he- matter heavy- Matter straight from the core. Yeah, like <laughs> hydrogen or whatever, straight- Yeah, whatever. Um, and pu- pure sun energy directly into the sun battery. <laughs> <laughs> the double-A sun battery. Uh, yeah. No, I, I think I think what it really is is- you know, it's it's like the nine volt batteries that that are really, you know, that's really what they're there for. Well, they the s- double A's were actually a ruse. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the double A's were a ruse. You've been filling these nine volts behind my back. Uh, well, that's that's what I was so- trying to get to. That the fact that this this guy actually thought that one point five volt batteries could actually power the whole world is actually kind of funny. The whole thing was it was busy work to keep him busy while they were really filling up the the real batteries. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Uh okay. And then yeah, you I guess you solve it. <laughs> I I'm thinking how the fuck are we 40 minutes in and we've talked three games. I don't know. <laughs> We've been rambling weirdly tonight. It's got some good ideas in it. There's, there's some okay stuff. Hey, kind of I feel like Bye. our flow is mm. a bit off, but that's all right. Let's keep it going. So, I think um, let's move on. The three to one click. Organic plowing. <laughs> Jury protein. Jury protein. <laughs> yep. <laughs> just, just the word plowing really cemented where my head went with protein. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to take it away from that direction. I think we can leave that conclusion up to, you know, as an exercise for the audience. My mind's- Exactly. My mind's- why, why, do, why would we want to go down the, you know, farm to table, basically? Why would we want to go down that, that route with um, with jury and protein and Yeah, plowing? when we can talk about fucking like, and semen. Like, why wouldn't exactly. we just do that? Why would we do farming? <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the cows versus the state, a law drama mm-hmm. uh, where the farm animals are suing the government, and of course it's a jury case, and so therefore you got half cows, half um, half humans yes. on the on the bench. Yeah, that's the yep. best way they could kind of create a jury of, of the peers. Or yes, well, it's not a criminal case, so I guess they don't have. It's not about peers, but yes, a fair jury. Uh, uh, question. Yeah. Are they against lamb? Because if so, fuck them. Lamb is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I guess- Is this just about beef? They've got a beef about beef. Yes. Uh, but not about bacon, because if they take my bacon- Well, we'll look, this bacon. is just- This is where- you know, the the country is divided on this matter, this very important court case, uh, where finally the animals have have risen up and decided to, you know, take it to the courts and say, stop killing us and eating us for- Yeah, because this, this is happening on a sentient world uh, where 
everything is actually sentient, like can everything. actually talk everything. Like I, I'm, I'm now, I'm now thinking that this is really, really dark. But um, the whole courtroom is like coated in wood, and then you sort of see in the background there's like tree people, and you know for a fact that. It's like, like that's the next case. <laughs> we sit here amongst the corpses of our brethren, <laughs> appealing to the court. Stop building your houses and your courthouses from the dead children. <laughs> and then, if if you get the DLC, it's all about the fact that rock. And metal ore and all this sort of stuff. You know, nothing wants to be used to be created. Yeah, it's versus the music industry. <laughs> Cultural appropriation. <laughs> I think three. I think we got a three to one clear get. I think that's <laughs> leave it right where it that's, is. Yeah, let's move on. You don't like it, or you? No, don't? I do. I just don't. I, I think it's only going to go downhill from there. <laughs> Theoretical sibling promised tenth. Oh, okay. So in a family of nine children, yeah, uh, it's sort of like the whole seventh son of a seventh son mm. um, prophecy There's thing. Some sort of prophecy around the tenth child, child of this family of the tenth generation since you know some event. Yes. Okay. I like that. That's cool. I like that. Ooh. Hmm. <laughs> is it? Is it? Is it like full on supernatural? Like there's some weird shit happening during this pregnancy. Well, I I'm more thinking because we've got like theoretical. Uh, I think it starts before there's any sign of this child, and there's all this question around like, is it us? Are we? Uh, is there going to be a tenth child in this family? Because I think like by the time you get ten generations down. That's a lot of families, right? That's the the family yeah. tree is spread, and so you may not be, you know, you if this family from the tenth generation only has nine kids, whatever, it's fine. There's probably some other family who's descended from that person, you know, the, who was cursed or whatever, uh, that 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 might have ten kids. But it's is this going to happen? And then yeah, I think like at some point the condor breaks. Okay, this is set on a on a small farm. Okay. In rural somewhere. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I'm picturing out in the cornfields, you see a scarecrow. Okay. Standing. Okay. And you wake up the next morning and you swear yesterday there weren't two scarecrows that close to the house. All right. And they're literally covered in crows and shit like this. So, they're not doing their job. They haven't been scaring those fucking crows. Um, and I'm just, just picturing, like, this- this Leading up to the conception of the 10th child, there's all these weird sort of goings-on around the farm. Yeah. You know, sort of like a plague of locusts that sort of come, but they don't touch the crops of the- of- of this house. They're sort of- Almost like a huge cloud around just circling cool. the farm. That'd be a cool effect. Um, His, yeah, okay. I like this. I like that there's this- There's shit happening, but it doesn't- It's not happening to this family. It's, it's happening, happening to, to everything like, else. Everything around them, the neighbouring farms. Yeah. 
I think you play the ninth child, the youngest. Yes. Yes. So I, I do like the idea of like a, um, you know, sort of like a, a six, seven year old that. Uh, y- yeah. I'm trying to, I'm just thinking maybe a little bit older because I feel like they, you want them to have a bit of a better understanding. Maybe like 10 or 11. Okay. Yep. And, you know, the ages sort of range from mid to late 20s down to 11 or whatever, right? Like nine years, you know, a couple of years between each. Um, yeah. Do your siblings start disappearing from oldest Ooh. to youngest? Yes. And then the big reveal is that your mother had a miscarriage before the oldest child. And yes. so you're actually the 10th child. And pretty much these scarecrows and all the shit that's been happening are always circling you. Yeah. Yeah. You're directly in the eye of the hurricane, as it were. I was definitely picturing one of the scarecrows to, like, be one of your siblings, by the way. Oh, yeah. They just, like- Yeah, as soon as you, as soon as you said that they were disappearing, yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's where they are. They're in the fucking cornfield. <laughs> right. You don't, you don't find that out until the end, and then you go out there, and it's just, like, these corpses hanging out there. Okay, so I don't think that you've you've come into your powers yet. I think this is like something that you will. You is will this get. A, is this a situation where you're like the Antichrist or something? Like you're some sort of. I, th- I think it can just. I think we can leave it leave, leave it that as sort of like vague enough. Yeah, just like all these all these things that are happening to everything else. You're being protected. Yeah. Um, I'm sort of thinking, almost looking at the that whole Bad Omens sort of story mm. where the kid was starting to come into his own and going up against his dad and all this sort of stuff. But I like seeing that part of the story beforehand of even if it is the son of Satan, like, you don't necessarily have to go down that path. Yeah. It's more yeah, of yeah, a- Yeah, seeing it lead up to that realisation almost of- Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. Uh, so, how are you- how are you seeing this play out? Because I feel like this has obviously got some pretty good horror tones to it. I want to try to bring in some of that tension, like that real unsettling si- like silence or like unsettling moments where like you wait, you see something and it's just you just have a moment to like sit there and take it in. Well, I, I think the first time that your your older sibling sort of gets killed. You know, you're sort of out in the, um, out, you know, playing, getting ready for dinner. Mm. And then, you know, your sibling sort of gets called in to, to help set, set the table or something like that. And you think nothing of it, but you never see that sibling again. Right. They like, never make it in. Yeah. That's cool. I like no, that. Yeah. Wh- whether they actually made it in and, you know, the parents killed them or. Well, no, I, I like, I kind of like the idea of you're playing right outside. You've been. You, you've been in this area long enough in the game, in game-wise, to understand sort of the layout of the house and stuff. Your oldest sibling gets called in, and you know that basically they should have gone directly from outside into the kitchen where they were called from. Mm-hmm. You see them go in, and then the mother comes out and is just like, "Hey, where? Like, where's Jimmy? where's Jeremy? Where's <laughs> Jim Jeremy? I." <laughs> called him in. Looks like you, you went inside. It's like basically between. As he crossed the threshold from outside to inside, yep. he was somehow torn out of this reality. And and then, yeah, I think subtly you do- I don't think you make it obvious with the Scarecrow thing. I think when the game starts, there's one regular Scarecrow out there. Yep. And then as these people are disappearing, you just plop them out there 
and you don't make a point of it. And you do see more crows surrounding that scarecrow, but you don't make it obvious. And it's not until maybe like the third or fourth sibling goes missing and there's like now, you know, five scarecrows out there, four of them getting like attracting crows rather than scaring them, (laughs) that maybe the player would start realizing. So, who's doing the exposition? I'm thinking it's a grandparent of some sort. Around the curse and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking I'm thinking it's it's bedtime stories that you get told mm, about. Mm. Okay. Does this happen over like 10 days? There's some Oh yeah. Time and of and year. even though I even though I said seventh son before, I didn't necessarily mean that it was that your character is male. No, no, I'm no, actually I know, picturing yeah. I'm pi- I'm picturing it as as a as, as a, a she as a 10-year-old girl. Yep. Um just because it's sort of like it subverts the the yeah, norm. I mean, as as usual we try to Try to put put women to lead roles more often than not, since the balance is all off there in the history of all video gaming. Uh, yeah, that's that's fine. Uh, well, and I like this then of, of yeah, it's set over ten days, and then yeah, each day you get another bedtime story from this grandparent. Oh, yep. and your parents never reference the grandparent. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. and like you find out at the end that they they died ten years ago. No, hundreds of years hundreds, ago, because I okay, reckon this is, the, even, this is the original- Oh, this is the original uh, ancestor? Cursed one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I really like that. And, and you know, I'm almost picturing that they're complaining that they've got to share um, share the room with Grammy. You know, they don't- Yeah. You know, why, why do they have to share the room with, with Grammy? They always have. And and their parents just sort of- Shrug it off. Make, make no- Make no- mention of it or anything like that and it's sort of like a it becomes a reveal of you know they've pretty much thought that grammy was always your like imaginary your imaginary friend, friend. Yeah. yeah and so they just let you have that <laughs> sort of thing so how how do you think a day would play out sort of gameplay wise um i think each day there'd be a new plague okay so you have the you have the the locusts. You have um, you know maybe blood dripping from the sky, and you have you know a major flood or something like that. I think you want to and keep it time- subtle to begin with. So yeah, I think a flood's yeah, yeah. a good one to start with. Uh, fire, yeah, ring of fire, sort of thing. Yeah, and again, it's just sort of so that it doesn't seem too strange at the beginning that it's that it's not uh, affecting your farm. Um, it it affects it slightly, but um, you haven't really lost any cl- any crops, and your your father says something about how lucky that was that you know yeah. the crops weren't damaged when Bill next door you know he lost half his half his yeah, yield he, or whatever. Somehow you get it, managed to get a glimpse of like satellite photos or something, and see it's in like a perfect circle. Oh, but you you don't. It's not like super obvious it's just you see the edges of your crops sort of cut off where they did get burnt a bit but it stops at this like if you follow it all the way around you'd see it's like a perfect circle around your house yeah because it just oh, doesn't I'm, come with it i'm really loving this <laughs> <laughs> i just love the stuff you could do with revealing this to the player and i mean it'd be difficult to to pace it out but if you did it well just i really like that slow burn horror that tension building of because uh, then day by day, the family's starting to realise, obviously, like, fucking siblings are going- children are going missing. Oh, and and, and you have, like, the police come to, come to the door and they're- and the parents are, are, like, asking- having- being asked questions and, you know, putting up flyers of, have you seen- 
Have you seen yeah. Jim Jeremy and um and please and John Jiminy? Yep. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And obviously then you as the youngest, like it becomes clear after like three or four that this is happening in order day by day. And so you start getting these scenes where like on the fifth day, the fifth oldest just like has a freaks the fuck out. Yeah. And so you sort of get to see these, the different characters and how they react each day. And then like by the time you get to the sixth or seventh, they're kind of, you know, starting to be resigned to it and realizing like, something fucked up is going on but then they're also starting like maybe you're starting to weird stuff's starting to happen with you and you start getting some powers of some sort or something and so like you being the youngest like obviously with it happening in this order is like are you going to die or is there something different about you know like and the family is realizing this too and the parents and stuff uh and just having those it'd be really interesting to write those that dialogue between the the rest of the family and this child yep um, I'm picturing one morning you wake up and there's like, you know, birds and, and, you know, that typical Disney thing of, of, you know, the, the animals coming in and sort of like, um, being, you know, singing a song with you sort of, sort of idea. Yeah. But, you know, they're, they're all flocking to your window and, and sort of, and when they, they notice like, that you've seen you them, dressed. they fly away and. <laughs> well, no, I, I had this image then of you have this moment. As you wake up, yeah, like the birds are knocking at the window and, and, you know, singing sweetly and you let them in and they like create clothes for you and, and brush your hair. You see them in the mirror, you know, all this stuff's happening. And then the door opens and one of your parents come in and they all fall dead to the ground. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I thought you were going to go and then a crow comes through the, through the window no, I'm just and, picturing the- and like flies at them, but it's like, no, they all die. I'm just picturing this scene where all these birds and squirrels and fucking animals in your, in your bedroom fall dead as your parent walks in and your parents just like, like there's just this moment of, and this has got to be on like day seven or something or six or seven by this yep. point, right? The, the parent just- do, 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 they, do they just- Slowly I think close they just the walk door. back out, yeah. <laughs> and then you're just there surrounded by these, like, animals that start rotting. Um, and, and then Grammy talks from the corner, from a rocking chair. Yeah, yeah. She wasn't there oh. before, but then it seems like she's there the whole time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that's cool. All right, all right. I think, uh, should we move on to our final? Are we there? I swear, I'm going to have a more? fucking nightmare tonight. I'm going to have a fucking nightmare tonight. <laughs> no, I reckon we should do our final. All right. Oh, okay. I just want to tell you what I just got when I clicked, though, because it's pretty okay. good. No, no, no. We'll, we'll, we'll do one we'll more. We'll go one more. Let's, Let's do, do one, one more. Suicidal bike. Peripheral liaison. <laughs> Peripheral liaison. Okay. okay. <laughs> Peripheral made me think of, like, road rash. When you go to bikes, like, because you're, like, hitting people behind you. On the peripherals. On the peripherals. Yeah. And I just- Suicidal bike I just liked because it just gave me the idea of, like, a just a bicycle driving off- Riding itself off a cliff. I don't know. Would this work better? Foreseeable surrounding. Maybe. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> this is a game where you're riding your bike and all of a sudden you just lose control. And it, it just keeps trying to kill you. And the whole game is you steering <laughs> away from, like, trying to steer away from danger. Yep. The rest of the game is just Paperboy. 
<laughs> yeah, there you go. That was that's basically paper boy. <laughs> paper boy, except it's except it's trying to steer into the it's um. Just, <laughs> it's trying to steer into, into the, the manholes and the fucking <laughs> whatever else was in that game. Lawn mowers and fucking sprinklers and yeah. <laughs> I reckon we both click again one more time. All right, and then all right, all right. If we can't come up with something. <clears throat> Opened Passion Justified Leapfrog <laughs> Okay <laughs> Wait are you Sexy yeah. Sexy Leapfrog <laughs> Is Leapfrog a sex move? <laughs> no I'm just <laughs> No I'm saying in I our think game, it is in this world Yeah that's what I mean I'm not saying in real life It probably is but I'm saying in our game Is this a game <laughs> It's a sex game where you try and like leapfrog is a particularly kind of like egregious <laughs> taboo, taboo taboo mood move <laughs> M- move <laughs> yep and so it's oh fuck it's a collectible <laughs> card game <laughs> no. okay where yep. you've got like, all your <laughs> all your cards are like no. not just sex moves but like like they're Things you can do whilst having sex, and like, at- and they're got to be opened during the throes of. Well, passion. as you put, as you pu- <laughs> as you play them, you're like changing the sort of passion a- a- and direction of of your sex. Um, and the goal is to sort of get it as filthy and dirty as possible. But you you can't just jump from like a three to a ten, you know, from from yeah, it's, it's got to build up. Frog. Um, Are you serious? <laughs> you're sort of you're raising the you're raising that number as you play, and you've got yeah, and then you can create synergies between things, and it's a full on like deck builder. <laughs> now, is it animated or is it is it just described? Uh oh boy. I can't. I kind of like the idea of it just being described, and you got to use the theater of the mind to um. Or it's just like real basic pixel animation stick figure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just puts them in the different positions, and they're sort of got a, a little four frame loop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I'm just imagining what the full frame loop of the of the leapfrog would actually be, and just how fucking dirty it would mm-hmm. be. Mm-hmm. 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 We do have fluid physics. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's sort of more of a gel sort of physics, almost like the gel from Portal, Portal Two. <laughs> Where if you slide on it, you like you just keep going, speeds you up. <laughs> you can jump. <laughs> it makes you bounce. I mean, that's where the leapfrog, you know how you have to deploy the gel for the leapfrog to work. And of course, you know, the dirtiest sex move, the portal, where, you know, you, you fire a portal in, into- Well, that's when you- The white gel. yourself. Yeah, and you fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 You have to tap your lube cards first before you play your moves. Oh, shit. You need to, you need to hit enter on, on your uh, photo. All right, here we go. Three, two, one, enter. (laughs) 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 
<laughs> so, should I describe it in case we want to keep this in? Yeah, describe it. <laughs> so, we have a bearded man, uh, big grin on his face, kind of giving the, like, little bit symbol, like two fingers, like, showing a distance apart, and the word sex, question mark, is on the image. So, it's like, so like a little bit of sex. <laughs> Or sex, I'm only this big. Yeah, well, it could be about his penis size. That's, that's very true. All right, I don't think we're going to go with that one, given the game we just described. <laughs> All right. I'm going to describe this, Trevor. Okay. A, a white woman with very blonde, bleach blonde hair. With a silver tray mm-hmm. of what looks to be powdered donuts, mm-hmm. with a coat straw up her nose. Yeah, and powder all and over her face. Powder all over her face. Yeah. Okay, so we have. Is this some sort of drug smuggling situation where they you know they're smuggling these drugs on donuts? Oh yeah, yeah. This is how they're getting it across the across the border from Canada. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a very good job. Uh, not a very good idea because uh, cops, donuts, you know, there's a whole cliche yeah. there. And Brittany here has has just- she loves the nose candy. Yeah, well, so, I mean, she just- she went to Timmy's, to good old Tim Hortons up in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, it turns out there was a mixed shipment. It's It's a Tim Hortons employee who's, like, doing this smuggling- Right, because he's. he's he- oh, I thought I thought it was going to be Tim Hortons himself, and <laughs> that was actually doing the smuggling, and they got the wrong they got the wrong um, donuts. Like this is the one that was meant for the um, for the cartels. Well, that's what I'm but saying. So they gave it to Brittany and, and her friends. Well, yeah, but, and now Tim Hortons is is like chasing him all over. It's all over from Canada down Tim into- Horton. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know anything about Tim Tim Horton other than he's been dead for forty years. Uh, 45 it's, years. It's the zombie Tim Hortons. It's the zombie Tim Horton. <laughs> he started Tim Hortons as a way to smuggle drugs. In his powdered donuts. Uh, across the border. Let's see. Because no one, no one ever expected the best cocaine to be coming see, from Canada. Does he have a child? Uh, of course he's a fucking hockey player. I don't think I even realised that. Because despite living in Canada for six years, I did not really engage with the hockey culture. Uh, 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 I don't think he had children, so that makes that changes that. I was going to say one of his children. Uh, no, a zombie. A zombie. No, I was going to say Hortons. one of his children has started up the whole smuggling business again, right? No, it's zombie Tim Hortons who started up the whole smuggling. He's business. come back and started up smuggling again. He's raised yep. from there, or has he been doing it this whole time? Been doing it this whole time. Um. I'm picturing that zombie Tim Hortons is actually not really a zombie. It's just that he's immortal. Oh, he faked his death, maybe? He faked his death. Um, but everyone thinks that he's a zombie, but he's still the exact same age that he that he has always been, because he's an immortal being. Oh, he's just an immortal being. Yeah. Uh, okay. Tim Horton. Also known as Kane. Being. Oh, no, he does have four daughters. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> From Cain and Abel. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> and just why is he a hockey player going by Tim Horton? Because he likes hockey. <laughs> okay. He just- He found 
a you know he has an affinity for hockey and donuts. Yep, and drugs and drugs. Yeah. So wait, did the drugs come first or the donuts? Drugs. And so he started Tim Hortons literally as the way to smuggle them. As a as the smartest and <clears throat> only way that he could think to smuggle his his large shipments of of cocaine. Into, the, into US the US because well it's true actually because I don't Tim Hortons doesn't really Tim Hortons mostly does like iced and glazed donuts not really powdered whereas I think powdered mm-hmm. is much more popular in the states so that makes sense yes. but maybe what happened here is like the new manager like he gave up actual you know management of Tim Hortons the franchise a long time ago and unknowingly the new CEO or the marketing department was like. It's about time we're bringing powdered donuts to to Canada. We're like going to try to make it take off here. Uh, but as a result, the the powder that got used came from the drug shipment, and now yep. in well, it's the only powder that they've ever had um, because they've been making for for yeah. You know, so since they, it they released it in limited markets, and so now in 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 three. Various towns in Ontario, Canada, there are drug fiends mobbing Tim Hortons trying to get to the powdered donuts. Yep. Um, and it's got to such a point that, you know, the powdered donuts couldn't make it down into, into the US. So, Brittany and, and her coke-addled friends all go up to Canada to try and get get their, their Do shipment Do you back. play zombie Tim Horton? Like no, you play making Brittany. well, cutting swaths through the drug-addled hordes, trying to get to a Tim Hortons restaurant. I'm p- picturing like a, you know, fucking dead rising. Yeah, like a dead rising or a something where you're just c- cutting your way through these hordes of of people. <laughs> dead rising meets days gone. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Brittany and her drug-addled friends. They've come up from from the US trying to get their hands on on the powdered donuts that they're now. Well, I think initially it's craving. just like the locals, right? Because you've released this into the market, you've hooked all the locals. Yeah, but I think these donuts have always been going down into the US. Yeah, but the, the, so that's what I'm saying. Like, as the levels get harder, it's because people are now coming across the border in mm-hmm. in in larger and larger groups. Because they realise that they can't get their Tim Hortons fixed. Yeah, because yeah. they found that these Tim Hortons have powder, have the powdered donuts that they crave. And so, either you play like the manager of one of these Tim Hortons and you're like having to resort to lethal force and setting mm-hmm. up, you know, gun pirates and basically become sort of a horde mode sort of situation. Yeah. And then the final bot, like final boss is Tim Horton as he comes to collect his goods. Uh, yeah. Or, yeah, you play Tim Horton and just like, fuck you, you haven't paid for this. Get away from my drugs. And I'm a zombie. Yeah. And also a biblical figure, apparently. Yeah. Well, he needed to explain his immortality somehow. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. Which of those? <laughs> Both. Both. <laughs> Two modes. Yes, I am. Zombie <laughs> mode. Restaurant he, he's, mode. He's just- He's just he's just got makeup on to make it look like he's a zombie. It's Halloween. Yes. And he's just come from a from a Halloween party. That's yeah, dress that's the big reveal. As zombie Tim Hortons. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck. All right. I think we'll have to leave it there. It's not 
don't think we get anything more out of that. Thank you for joining us this week on BitStorm. If you want to find us online, go to podchaser.com slash BitStorm. Check out all of our previous episodes and uh, check out the guests we've had on. Check out our own creative profiles. See what other shows we've guested on. Just check it out. You can also take a look at 8bit.net. This is the netbit, netbit. This is the network that we are part of, the 8-Bit Collective, and it's a group of podcasters around pop culture, video games, role-playing, all sorts of different things. Uh, So, go and take a look at them. While you're looking at 8-Bit, also check out the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. It's a podcast network for people who like Australian gaming podcasts. Um, We uh, just search Facebook for... Uh, the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network, or look on Twitter for at AGP Network. And finally, we'd like to thank us from Kuradust for kindly letting us use the song Map Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. That's right. So, thank you again for joining us this week on BitStorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. Might as well be mining on the sun. <laughs>